WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. Officials are looking into alleged incidents of animal cruelty at the big Cargill poultry plant in Dayton. The General Assembly advances bills that include VMI and state rules on sexual assaults, strengthen campus threat assessments, and curtail solitary confinement. But the General Assembly is also rejecting legislation that would have legalized marijuana sales. And the Rockingham Harrisonburg SPCA holds a special Valentine's Day promotion for adoptable pets with lonely hearts. This is the WMRA Daily for Wednesday, February 15th. Last September, a federal inspector at the Cargill Poultry Factory in Dayton recorded an incident of improper poultry handling. WMRA's Randy B. Hagee has an update. Poultry processing facilities such as Cargill Meat Solutions are supervised by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service. On September 14th, an inspector at the Dayton facility found 30 to 40 turkey toms that had been hung upside down by shackles for approximately an hour and a half without being stunned or slaughtered. About a quarter of the birds had died from asphyxia from being suspended in that position, and another quarter showed respiratory distress and or injuries such as broken wings from trying to right themselves. The inspector noted that it is against the Poultry Products Inspection Act and agency regulations for birds to die from causes other than slaughter. Later that month, an inspector noted that a turkey at the plant was caught under a trailer tire and died. In response to these incidents, the organization People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, or PETA, wrote to Commonwealth's attorney Marcia Garst asking her to investigate. As the Daily News record previously reported, the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office planned to follow up on the incident. Sheriff Brian Hutchison told WMRA in an email that, quote, We are looking into that matter, and at this time we have not found any facts or info that would lead to any charges of any kind, end quote. When reached by phone, an employee at the plant said the company declined to comment. These two incidents did not rise to a severe infraction level under what are called good commercial practices by the Food Safety and Inspection Service and a spokesperson with the agency told WMRA that the Cargill establishment does not have a history of handling poultry out of compliance. For WMRA News, I'm Randy B. Hagee. Lots to cover from Richmond now, so let's get to it. The General Assembly is considering bills aimed at transgender youth. Virginia Public Radio's Michael Pope reports. Delegate Dave LaRock is a Republican from Loudoun County who has a bill that would require school officials to alert parents when students are transitioning gender identities. On the House floor, he faced questions about how his bill defines biological sex. Mr. Speaker, I don't want to be uh, uh, trivial about this, but it brings to mind the interview of a Supreme Court justice. I am not a biologist. Virginia is one of many states where conservative Republicans are introducing hundreds of similar bills, a pattern that the Human Rights Campaign says is a deliberate attempt to silence transgender Americans and ultimately erase them from existing at all. Kelly Carter Merrill is a parent of a transgender son in Hanover County. And just when he needs support the most, the school board ordered that all safe space stickers be removed from the schools. So either these school officials don't believe us when we explain the elevated suicide rates for trans kids or worse, maybe they do. And this is their intention. Senate Democrats are expected to reject LaRock's bill later this week. Reporting from the Capitol in Richmond, I'm Michael Pope. In 2020, the General Assembly required all public universities in Virginia to make it easier for students to report sexual violence on campus. That bill gave students immunity from disciplinary action 
for admitting to the use of drugs or alcohol when reporting sexual assaults. But at the time, the Virginia Military Institute opposed the change and was exempted. Now, Delegate Dan Helmer is sponsoring a bill to extend the immunity requirement to VMI. He says the school's leadership is now on board. I think we have a real opportunity to ensure that every cadet at VMI knows that their commanding general wants them to come forward, wants them to report, and is focused on eliminating sexual predators from VMI. That legislation cleared the House of Delegates and now heads to the Senate. Companion bills working toward decreasing violence on college campuses are headed to Governor Glenn Youngkin for his signature. WTVR reports that in 2008, Virginia required that colleges have threat assessment teams that work with school officials to identify students who might become violent. The new legislation sets up a timeline to investigate a student's previous legal issues after they've been deemed a threat. Anyone who might be endangered would also need to be notified within a designated amount of time. The legislation comes after a University of Virginia student who had been brought to the attention of the school's threat assessment team was accused of fatally shooting three classmates last November. A Republican-led subcommittee in the House of Delegates killed a bill Tuesday aimed at setting up a legal market for purchasing cannabis for recreational use in Virginia. It was the last such remaining piece of legislation in this session Parker Slaybaugh, who serves in Governor Glenn Youngkin's administration, testified against the bill. We are focused on cleaning up the illegal hemp and Delta 8 sales that are going on right now throughout the Commonwealth. Republicans on the committee tabled the bill without any debate. Democrats previously argued it would bring in tax revenue and curb the unregulated market. It remains legal in Virginia for adults 21 and older to possess up to an ounce of cannabis, and to grow up to four plants for personal use. The General Assembly approved a measure Tuesday to ban the use of solitary confinement in Virginia prisons, spearheaded by unlikely collaborators, but some advocates for abolishing the practice say the bill misses the mark. Whitney Evans with VPM News reports. Republican Delegate Glenn Davis and Democratic Delegate Don Scott came together on what has typically been a partisan issue in Virginia. The bill initially included guidelines for when a person who's incarcerated can be kept in isolation, and it capped the number of days a person can be held there at 15 during any 60-day period. But it lost some support from advocates when those provisions were removed earlier this month. Sean Winetta is a policy strategist with the ACLU of Virginia. In its current posture, it, in our opinion, would actually be a step backwards Winetta now supports a Senate version with more robust guardrails. For years, the Department of Corrections has said it does not use solitary confinement, but something else called restorative housing. The department declined to answer questions posed by VPM News on Tuesday, but officials previously said limiting DOC's ability to separate prisoners from the general population could be a safety risk. Whitney Evans reporting. A bill that would have made telephone calls and digital communications free for incarcerated people was rejected in committee on Monday. The Virginia Mercury reports that state records indicate $10.9 million was charged last year for calls by the phone vendor of the State Department of Corrections. In an unrelated Senate budget proposal, $5 million is included to reduce the cost of communications in the prison system. The DOC has raised both fiscal and safety concerns related to making communications free to people who are in prison. Lawmakers in Richmond are also debating how automobiles and bicycles can share the road, and Michael Pope has that story. 
What happens when a cyclist approaches a stop sign? Senator Cree Deeds is a Democrat from Charlottesville who says cyclists should be able to proceed through intersections without stopping, provided that they slow down to a reasonable speed and yield the right of way. A lot of people that ride bikes just tell me that the momentum makes it very difficult to come to a stop and actually more dangerous in some situations to come to a stop. From my perspective, I still thought a statewide bill would probably be a difficult pill to swallow, and particularly for some rural areas. He proposed legislation that would give local governments authority to adopt local ordinances, giving cyclists more leeway at stop signs. But the momentum of that legislation stalled after Republican Delegate Tim Anderson of Virginia Beach voiced his concern. It's crazily dangerous, inherently dangerous to leave it up to the judgment of a bicyclist to decide if it's safe to go through an intersection. I just wouldn't want to encourage a bicyclist to say, yeah, you don't have to stop at this stop sign. The bill failed in a Republican-controlled House committee Tuesday morning. Reporting from the Capitol in Richmond, I'm Michael Pope. And finally today, all this week, the Rockingham Harrisonburg SPCA is holding a special Valentine's Day promotion. Randy has the story. Now through Saturday the 18th, the RHSPCA is hosting the Lonely Hearts Club, an adoption event for a select group of pets that have had a bit of a harder time finding true love. As of Monday morning, Executive Director Huck Nawaz said this included four cats and 11 dogs that may need to be an only pet or just the only dog or cat in the home. They sometimes get overlooked because of perception because none of these guys have any aggression towards people, any concerns of that sort. They go home and be great family pets, just not ones that you take to the dog park or be one of three cats in the house. Their adoption fee has been reduced to $14 for Valentine's Day. You can see which animals are included in the promotion by clicking through their profiles on the shelter's website. There are also lots of opportunities to foster pets. We've seen a very sharp increase in dog intakes over the last 13, 14 months now. The national organizations attract regional and national data are reporting this throughout the country. Nawaz said a lot of the dogs coming in were not originally adopted from a shelter. Otherwise, they'd be microchipped and altered. Their previous owners may have gotten them through someone online and have since either gone back to work or encountered financial challenges that have caused them to give up their pet. For more information about fostering or adopting, visit rhspca.org. For WMRA News, I'm Randy B. Hagee. For WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. Thanks for listening and enjoy your Wednesday. Sing